I did not know what the W in, for example, 10W30 stands for. Does anybody here know what the the W in 10W30 stands for? And don't look it up. Be a man. (laughs) I have no idea. Welcome to the Roundtable episode. We record the Roundtable every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Hopefully you are part of this. You can join us every week. On tonight's Roundtable, we'll ask our Knights of the Round, a Zoom Roundtable, these questions. Uh, Do you go out alone? And if so, how hard do you push it? Uh, That's uh, from Bob. Uh, What Jeep mod did you install and was it overrated or would you uh, or would you not purchase it if you had to do it over again from Bill? What do you use uh, to plan trips? Uh, Do you map it out and on what or do you just wing it? I believe that was Larry. Uh, Jeep pets, what do you do uh, to use? uh, What do you do to make sure their safety is uh, they're safe safely riding on the trail? Uh, thankfully, that's the end of the reading for tonight's show. <laughs> Are you ready? It's the Jeep Dog Show with Wimby. There will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's it's good for my soul. Chuck. Yeah, I don't think so. And well, I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. So, are you new to the roundtable, perhaps new to the Jeep Talk Show? Well, welcome. The roundtable is listeners like you that connect with us on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. You don't have to be invited. You just need a Zoom meeting link and a password. Everyone is invited because everyone has an opinion or something to share. To get the meeting invite uh, in, uh, information, subscribe to our newsletter at jeeptalkshow.com contact. There's a whole bunch of stuff there at jeeptalkshow.com contact. Uh, we did that on purpose because it makes it a lot easier for you to remember where to go and find that information. I'll say it again, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. And if you go there, you'll see that one of the items is uh, how to sign up for our newsletter. It's it's really simple. You put your email address in and uh, boom, now you're on the, uh, the, the newsletter and uh, you'll get that uh, probably every Tuesday. So we now join the Zoom meeting, which is already in progress. Please keep in mind that you're, what you're about to hear is completely unrehearsed. The opinions may be strong and may or may not reflect the opinion of the Jeep Talk Show, but it probably does. So uh, I'll remind everybody, I, I think most everybody that uh, is in the Zoom room tonight has been here before. Uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, mentioning your first name and uh, your general location for our listeners so they know who you are and can uh, kind of associate that voice uh, with a name. Uh, howdy, howdy, Zoom people. Knights of the Zoom Roundtable. Howdy. Good evening, Hello. Good evening to you. What's up? <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, we're getting a little late start tonight. I'm surprised more people haven't shown up. We only have about 10 people in here. I'll go, go through the list really quick. We've got uh, Steve-O, Bill, uh, ATX, uh, John, Keith B, uh, Tony, uh, Larry, and I'm, talking, I'm not counting myself there. Uh, Larry Jeepingmo and uh, Andrew P, uh, Matt from Indiana, and uh, Rich. Uh, let's see, is Rich still working on stuff? Yeah, he's still working on stuff. Rich, when are you can get that, get that XJ taken care of, get it all notched out and out on the trails. Well, that's that's how it is with an XJ. Josh would know. <laughs> that, uh, oh. never <laughs> well, no, you're oh, working sick. on yours. <laughs> that's well, the big I'm, difference. Unfortunately, <laughs> he's he's just trying to make his run. Yeah, oh, the man ain't here to defend himself, guys. Come on. <laughs> hey, he's, he could be. He's, hey, yeah, he's I, welcome to be here. Actually, he's and invited. He's not, yeah. Well, then he doesn't I, really have anything to defend. So I feel I feel for the guy. Trust me. Oh, that's, we all do. That's, that's a bummer. 
I thought I saw him posting in Discord that he was working on it today. Oh, good. That's great. Looked like he was cleaning up the cylinders and getting the block ready. Oh, I completely missed that. And I'm glad you guys mentioned Discord. If you guys would like uh, the listeners out there that have not joined our Discord server yet, you should do that. We have. Do we have lots of fun on the Discord server, guys? Absolutely. Is there anybody here that's not on the Discord server? I didn't think so. I figured you all you guys were, but it's a great place to just have an interactive conversation, texting kind of like the conversation. So, uh, but but you could also post pictures, which makes a big difference, especially when you're working on something or asking questions uh, about things. Or uh, does this uh, does this? Uh, <laughs> I was going to make an Adam Apple joke, but I'm not going to. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Larry goes, no, don't do that. All right. So let's get on uh, with our questions that I so poorly read at the beginning here. Uh, so this is the, the the fourth question we had for last week's episode. And uh, we'll start with that tonight. Uh, and this is uh, from Bob, two cheap Jeep guys. Do you go out alone? And if so, how hard do you push it? And I'm, I'm assuming he's talking about off-road. And not just like go to the movies or something. Uh, Pee Wee Herman reference comes to mind. Uh, <laughs> and so, do you go out alone? And if you do, do you do you dial it back a little bit that it hopes that you're going to be able to keep it together so you can get back home? Uh, yeah, Steve out here about forty miles west of Chicago. So, there's a couple times I've been out in Colorado and in Sedona, Arizona. I rented jeeps out there because I didn't have mine with me and. It's more of a sightseeing trip, going checking out, you know, Sedona's beautiful red rock country. It's not technical trails. It's more just getting out there. You know, I brought someone with me. She actually brought me to Sedona to show me Sedona. I said, hey, let's rent a Jeep. She'd been going there her whole life, and I showed her part of it she'd never seen before. So she was impressed, right? Uh, same thing in Colorado, Estes Park, Colorado, which is where Rocky Mountain National Park is. Some great mountain views, just going up trails. I mean, these are trails that you'll see. I saw a suburban up there. I saw, you know, a raptor, Ford Raptor. So I'm comfortable doing that on, on my own. Yeah, this is uh, John Central Texas. I'm kind of the same way. Uh, my, I've gone out by myself a few times, but um, it's really on places I've been before. People that I'm comfortable with. I'm just wanting to kind of go out and maybe just, just get out for the day or whatever it is. I will say I did do Colorado kind of solo from a jeep point of view it was i had a buddy with me but it was just one jeep or whatever um and i i gotta say going back the second time with a group of jeeps it was so much better um so so much more uh confident and more comfortable um so i wouldn't recommend it kind of going somewhere brand new like that and it's never been especially someplace with pretty nasty shelf roads you get in trouble or something along those lines but um, well, yeah. yeah. And I think this to be is, fair, John, sorry, Tony, one more thing. I rented Jeeps. I wasn't worried about having to drive it home. Right? Being able to drive home on some of those. Ex- exactly. So that changes your perspective as well. This is Tony from Michigan. I, uh, I'm pretty similar to John and Steve when it comes to trails. I only do trails that I really know or I've really studied and know that it's not going to be too treacherous to i'll do those alone but by alone someone's still within a drivable distance to help um but when it comes to parks 
I will a hundred percent go to an off-road park alone. Um, I tend if I go to a park alone, I tend to leave knowing 10, 15 more people than I did when I got there. Whether I'm helping them get out or they help me get out of a stuck situation, I would, especially if you're new, I would and don't really have a big group of people to go off-road with. I would recommend local parks or well-known parks. That way, you know, if something happens, there's plenty of people around and you get an opportunity to socialize. Do you think that'd be a good reason to join a club, Tony? Oh, yeah. It may even be a way to find the club you want to join. That's true. You got to kind of get a feel for the uh, the people that are out there that way. Yeah, you get stuck a few guys pull up and help you get out and get to talking before you know it you get to really talking and becoming friends and they just make pop hey we're part of this club you should join us on the next ride or the next ice cream outing however it is there's ice cream nobody told me there'd be ice cream not sharing tones no that's a different kind of club i'm sure the president will be there then oh yeah oh, yeah yeah that's the only thing Larry from St. Louis. So that's, you know, quite a few of the first rides I've ever been on. Not, you don't know what you don't know. Head out and, and you just start wheeling. And uh, quite a few of the parks, it was after some major holidays, there were there was nobody there. And, you know, but as you wheel more, you learn that it's, yeah, you can do that. You can get out and do it yourself. You can risk whether you can get out or repair it. But, you know, part of the whole Jeep thing is going with groups. It's like, uh, you know, what John was saying, you know, Colorado the second time with the group was a lot, a lot more fun than when you're flying solo. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it, too, is right. part of that wheeling experience is getting out with, you know, with other Jeepers and kind of working together to get through a trail or whatever, or having, having a good time. It's kind of sharing the wheeling experience. Did uh, I would assume that uh, the GMRS radios that you guys had made a big difference too, because it's almost like having somebody ride along uh, there with you and keeping you uh, um, interested. Stuff you could share with them. Uh, take that. Uh, uh, what was it? What's it called? The uh, when you guys went to Colorado, the had all the switchbacks. What's it called? Black, Black Bear Pass or what's it called? Black Bear. And, yeah, Black Bear was the was the main one. I could imagine that would be a fun one where you can say, "Hey, your tires hanging off. Be careful." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but even even the other parks like uh, you know, it was with Steve and some of his friends. We were down in uh, at, in Kentucky at Turkey Bay, and those weren't real crazy shelf roads, but it was still fun wheeling. And you know, half the fun is just uh, the BS and on the radio. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the PC uh, part of it, right? Well, that's the yeah, that's the fun. I mean, that you're getting out and you don't have to actually pull over to have those conversations. You can have them or start the fight on the radio and finish it up whenever you, you break for lunch, right? <laughs> there, there was plenty of that. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? What would the, 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 I think it was you that said it, Larry? That whenever Steve Steve O says, "Uh oh, you know something bad's coming up." Yeah, that was uh, actually one of the other guys from the Runt. group. That Brent, yeah. There were times Steve said, "Uh oh, he wouldn't go down that trail afterwards." He's like, no, nope, ain't doing that. <laughs> it's like challenge on. 
if you go out by yourself too, you're also missing out on the opportunity to flex out on rocks and look really <laughs> and bend so, your uh, inner fender. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you can't. Or your string stabilizer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess it saves you some money not breaking stuff, uh, showing off. But you know, where's the fun in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't push it. Yeah, that's a good reason. Uh, but there's, uh, yeah, like, like you say, where's the fun in that? All right, anybody else? Uh, anything? Do you? Have, so I, I would say that uh, the answer to this question is is that you don't push it as hard uh, when you're uh, when you're out by yourself. And I'm surprised. Uh, I think I heard Steve O say that the the vehicle that he rented, he didn't push it very hard. I mean, I thought those were the ones you just beat the shit out of. <laughs> yeah, well, the wife and daughter were with me, and if I ever want to be able to do it again, I don't want to. Oh yeah, good point. So don't treat it like laundry. Yeah. All right, so let's move along. Uh, what Jeep mod did you install that was overrated? In other words, it was something that you thought you just had to have or maybe just wanted, uh, but you would not purchase it if you had to do it all over again. I think uh, since this question is from Bill, he must have something in mind. <laughs> I, hopefully it wasn't a Jeep Talk Show membership. You better not say 392. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he'll never say that. <laughs> I think he's in the middle of uh, moving something across the garage, but oh, I would, he's I would jump in and say one of the the one thing that I would did was I bought that Evo bumper rear bumper delete kit because I was thinking, yeah, the great departure angle, it's awesome. I I end up getting rid of it because it, it kind of scared me every single time I would come off of something because it doesn't take long to to settle in hey i don't have anything on that rear tub in the back right i don't want to look like uh chuck's scrambler or whatever <laughs> with the back of the tub you don't so, want to hit that one rock in the field exactly so i ended up i ended up changing that out so i would i wouldn't do the the bumper delete on the, the jka again so i ended up swapping out to a moto built frame chopper and then i got the same thing with um with a uh, more protection so uh, let me make sure I understand. I remember you having that installed. I remember the shop uh, saying, "Yeah, we can do that," and then got it, and it was a lot more work than they intended. Uh, that they oh, yeah. thought when they quote, originally quoted, they they honored the the quote. Uh, was that the EVO or was that the Moto Built that that was? The- that, that was the Moto Built. Okay, good. Because yeah. I didn't think you had I didn't think you had changed it since then. So that was the Moto Built you had put on. Gotcha. So what was what was the deal with the EVO Moto Build? I mean, I'm not Moto Build. The EVO. What was it? Uh, what, it was what was the big difference facial. between the two? All it was was a fascia that kind of went between the two frame horns, and then two recovery points that bolted into the frame horn, and that was it. Oh wow! No, so you're talking about something oh, really thin, not not protection at all. Then there was zero protection. In fact, I had that at the first Texas event. The, the it was cosmetic. Event. Yeah, it's. It just basically looks pretty back there or whatever it is. But every single time you came off a ledge, you know, in the back of your mind was, man, I have got nothing around that tub. So basically what you're saying is you had the, the issue of, does this make my, uh, my ass look big? And you took care of it and you were, uh, you want your ass big for protection. Exactly. Gotcha. That ass is nice. <laughs> he went with the thong and then he feels bloated. What, what do you guys think about the, the Moto Built stuff? I absolutely love it. I mean, I was so timid about buying something new, especially when you're spending that much money on bumpers, uh, going with a new manufacturer. Because, uh, I, I mean, I, I have places I can get stuff for, for the XJ, but I had no idea for the Gladiator and was just super excited about the quality 
of the work, uh, the welds, and everything else on the moto-built bumpers. Uh, are, I know, John, you've got some moto-built. What about the rest of you guys? Have you Do you have any uh, anything? I mean, was a moto-built something that you, you bought and you wouldn't have bought, uh, you wouldn't buy again? No, I just bought a Jeep finally that they actually make something for, so I'm looking yeah. forward to getting some of their stuff. This is Bill from Central Texas. I have the Motobilt rear bumper. I think I bought it after looking at kind of John had the, the Motobilt rear bumper on his uh, JK. I guess the only thing that kind of missed me when I bought it was the, the pictures when you bought it didn't have any of the, the backup sensor holes in it. And then when I, I got the thing, it had four backup sensor holes in it. And they just had like these little plugs that you stick in there that were completely obvious. And so that, that kind of aggravated me, you know, but... Uh, you know, I, I borrowed, borrowed, borrowed a welder and, and took those metal plugs and welded them in and grinded it all down. And then oh, that's nice. So, and then I, I kept two of those actually worked out. I put in some like marker lights, some red marker lights for like the, the, the two in the center. And I just plugged the, the outer ones. And, and it's actually kind of, I really like the look of kind of those two extra little red marker lights in the, the center of the, the back bumper there. So, but, uh, I was a little agitated. I, I called Motobilt, and they were they were like, "Oh yeah, we we changed that, so now all the bumpers come with the with the you know with the sensors." I guess people were complaining that they didn't have sensors, or they had to were having to maintain two different SKUs or whatever. So I think they just decided to build one SKU and throw in some some plugs there if uh, you didn't need them. I've already uh, I think I've already lost two plugs from trips to uh, Hidden Falls. So welding, yeah. I think, was a good idea. Uh, I mean, I don't think i didn't put them in there tight um i mean maybe i should have done some loctite or something on it but hell i might do those marker lights now that's better than having a hole there i was well, I, I was thinking of like a, a windshield wiper squirter and some brake fluid uh, where i could just press it and have it squirt people i'll, I'll send you a <laughs> link to me. the markers but there's marker lights on amazon that fit perfectly they're a perfect fit for that whole size so i'll send tony, you one. tony doesn't need doesn't put lights on anything <laughs> I, li- so, I like lights they make the ironic me happy. thing is <laughs> The ironic, the ironic thing is I, I had that on my 2018 JL. I didn't have the backup sensors, so I welded those those plugs up and put the two marker lights in. And then I bought the 392, and it comes with the backup sensors. I'm like, well, I'm not drilling out those damn holes that I welded up or whatever. So I just did a, a delete on the backup sensors altogether. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's more trouble than it's worth. Wow, they are really concerned about what's going on behind your your Jeep, aren't they? I mean, with the backup mandatory uh, backup camera, I, I don't know if the sensors are, are mandatory. I guess they're not because my uh, Gladiator Sport S didn't come with backup sensors. I think they're going to become it's like everything else. When ABS first came out, it was an option. Now you can't get it without. I think it's it's just as it gets cheaper, and they're just going to put them in everything. It's easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like seeing <clears throat> behind the Gladiator. It's nice. Uh, and I think I told you guys before, uh, I did uh, the um, um, Taser Mini where I, I set it so that whenever uh, you signal uh, lane changes, the backup camera comes on. So you can actually use that as a, a third place to look when you're making a <laughs> lane change. <laughs> yeah. So, Tony, you asked if I had a, a mod in mind since I came up with that question. Yep. So I was, my answer to that is the factory soft top. So I had the factory soft top and, and when you would open it, it always looked like a saggy diaper or something oh, like that in the me. back with all that crap kind of bunched up back there. And it just, it, it kind of yeah. drove me nuts. And then the fact you had to go put like straps on it or whatever, because it, it just seemed like you're going to be going on the highway and it was just going to like 
fill with air and you know act like a drag shoot or something That's like what that. I was but thinking I, nice drag for the uh, improving the MPG. <laughs> yeah, and then just just removing it. So if I wanted to put the hard top back on, like with all the springs and all the tension back there, it was just it was just a freaking hassle. So I ended up selling that and and buying the 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 best top uh, Trek top on there, which is nice because I I have it set up to where I just pull it in, hook it up to a hoist, lift it up, go to the other drive bay and drop the soft top down on it. And I could just switch back and forth way easier than I did with that factory mm -hmm. soft top. Mm -hmm. So factory soft top, uh, sucked for the, uh, it was, for that, for, was that this one or the other one or does it matter? So I bought it for my, my 2018 JL. So. Gotcha. So you knew better this time. Y yeah. Well, I think the mod that I didn't like was, I jail came with the plastic bumper and, I got the um, Rubicon steel bumper I put on it. I mean, it's, it, it, the winch is really tight in there. The uh, solenoid on the winch is sitting against the grill to the point where I can't get a cover over it, which sucks because in the winter it actually froze up on me a year ago. I had to get a heat gun out and thaw out my winch line. So. It wouldn't be an issue if you would have bought steel cable. <laughs> the solenoid would still be touching the grill i couldn't put it over and in chicago they would wouldn't come out because it would be rusted i got the smitty belt xrc and there's oh, it's literally sit, it's literally sitting against the grill and that it's not necessarily that i bought the wrong mug burr it's just well, I, the wrong winch well, I'm not sure it's not partly <laughs> the winch. You buy the, the worn winch that they, they tell you works with it. There's, but it's, there's, there's, also the, there's also the winch plate as well. So I bought this and it was height of, no, um, height of 2020, right, of COVID. And I couldn't get a winch plate to save my life. And I finally got, the, I think, the Rugged Ridge one was the one I finally was able to get my hands on. And there's room for the winch, so I don't know if a different winch plate would have put the winch forward an inch, right? Yeah. Well, those so. the the factory bumpers, the factory steel bumpers are pretty narrow, I think, um, and and probably for pretty good reason. Um, I'm, I'm sure it has to do with airflow and blah 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 blah. Yeah. But you know, I was really impressed with the the metal uh, factory bumpers. Those things yeah. are really nice, and the ability to put a, a winch plate in there and put a winch on. I was some that was some good design. That was uh, nice that they did that. But the only thing I do not like on them is there's no anchor points for um, D rings, right? Yeah, that's, I don't know why, I don't regrets. know why they came up with those hook type things. I mean, they'll work, of course, but I would much rather have a D ring hanging there. Yeah. Or in Bill's case, have the hole to put a D ring in when when it was required. So you know, right. <laughs> Bill's not looking for trouble, but he'll take it if it if it comes. Yeah. All right, good. So that sounds really good. Let's. Uh, so we know what. So some things that are overrated. So, uh, now I know that whenever we did our uh, Jeep Talk Show event, uh, uh, John and Bill both uh, used some software to, to plan the, the trail ride. Uh, what do you use to plan trips on? Uh, perhaps you, uh, and not necessarily trail rides, but even going to where you're getting to your destination. Do you actually map it out and uh, what do you use? Or do you just wing it? Just go and see and that's part of the adventure is just uh, take it in as it comes, so to speak. So this is Larry from St. Louis. So a lot of times if I'm out, I'll use Gaia. And uh, 
I know that when we went to Colorado last, I know Bill did a lot of planning on that with Gaia, and he shared the maps. He had he had done a phenomenal job mapping all that out with Gaia. But yeah, a lot of times when I'm out, I'll use Gaia, or and then especially if you're in areas like uh, like uh, Turkey Bay down in Kentucky, that whole peninsula is mapped out. So all those trails and everything are on Gaia. And they're on several of the other ones as well. But, and then, you know, especially depending on which software you're using, they'll have different, different layers and different maps you can use while you're out that definitely aid you. Yeah. And see, I like the Gaia because Gaia works with Android Auto. So yeah. it comes up on the screen for JLs. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll use a mix of things. Like, I mean, I primarily use Gaia, but sometimes I'll go into uh, Google Maps. If you go into like the, the custom My Maps in there, you can actually export. You can build routes and export uh, the GPX or the KML or KMZ files and import those into Gaia. So a lot of times I'll map out like the, the driving highway part. I'll do that in Google and export it and then drop that into Gaia. So I'll have a lot of the trail stuff that I'll research different sites to grab the, you know, the, the GPX files to import those. And then I'll connect the, like the, a lot of the driving part, I'll pull that out of Google and import that. So I can put it all into one nice little package like we did for Colorado and just give it to everybody. And it kind of just, it's organized by folders like day one, day two, day three. And you got the street driving stuff, you know, directions on there and, and, uh, you know, then you got the trail stuff on there. Although I found that sometimes that doesn't always help. I mean, I think John Lee was following us and he just decided he was going to listen to Google and, and not follow the map. And next thing you know, <laughs> driving, you know, to Amarillo on some other road. So, and thankfully we had the GMRS radio because he's like, where are you at? We're like, oh, we just passed this. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, shit. Yeah, I can backtrack a bit. Um but, but, you know, it's, it's funny you say that because along those lines, Bill, when we did the Texas event inside the park, mm-hmm. another thing I really liked about Gaia, and I'm sure you could do this with several others, but just I think the big thing is whichever one you start with and you get comfortable with and you're, if you like that UI, that's probably going to be the one that does you the most. If it's a UI is confusing and it's hard to look at, and you're not going to like it, right, no matter what it could do. But one of the things about Gaia that, that was really helpful is we went out and kind of did a custom run where we recorded routes and did that for the jeep talk show event and then bill was able to take that and make that in a shareable file where i think we did a qr code on a picture or whatever it is and folks could grab that and then boom there was the file to download and now you've got all the maps you needed for uh following along with the event i forgot that we had done that so we actually had like printed out maps to where you could scan a qr code and it would automatically import it into like Gaia. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> it, it worked really well because the thing was is you know, we had we had a lot of the trails mapped out, but we didn't always do the whole trail because there were pieces of it we may have kind of cut off or whatever due to trying to make sure we had appropriate mm-hmm. skill levels and vehicles that everybody could go on it kind of thing. So and some of it was for expediency. I mean you could have done the whole trail, it was capable, but it would have taken a really long so there was a it was kind of a custom route that we did. So you don't always just want to go and just, I want to grab this trail's GPX, this one, this one, this one, because you may you may need to get it a little bit more custom in there. When you need to do that, the the features you get, 
I will say on Gaia, it's a lot easier to do it on their web tool than it is to try to do it like to their mobile app or something like that. I found it's a lot easier to go in there and kind of play around on their on their online tool. I think the other thing you can do too that I I will do in Gaia with different segments is a lot of times you're trying to fill out a day, like you want to set up like eight hours of trail riding, right? And so you have a mix of highway, you know, where you're driving highway speeds, and then you have a mix of trails where you may be averaging, you know, 15 miles per hour, right? So a good day may actually be like 60 miles, you know, when 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 you're just on all all dirt. And so you can go in there and kind of play with kind of just different speed averages and whatnot, and you can get calculations on on time, right? It's like, oh, that's at this speed, that's going to be, you know two and a half hours or three hours. And so a lot of times you're trying to break it up going, okay, let me look at the campsites. Let me look at fuel stop, trying to just figure all that out. A lot of times I'll go in there and mark gas stations on there, especially when you get out in some of the more remote areas so that you at least have options when you're looking at the, the map to see, okay, there's a gas station 60 miles up the road or 20 miles up the road. And you're just trying to plan, plan for all that. So it's kind of nice to kind of do all your homework ahead of time and kind of throw all that in, into a, a map so that, you know, it's just there. Do you guys plan any of your, your routes based on uh, what places you want to try barbecue at or a uh, good, maybe a taco place or, you know, cause uh, I think that's one of the we fun things that, to yeah. do. Yeah. Pizza. yeah. Pizza. I think Bob had recommended a, a place uh, in Colorado and we were like, yeah okay, we're, we're going to go hit that. And so we made that our, our lunch stop. And so that came into the equation in terms of, okay, we want to eat there about lunchtime, right? So we need to figure out the camping spot that's close enough so that you, you start driving, and, but it's about lunchtime when, when you're ready to make a, you know, you're going to hit that particular spot. So that was, you know, one of those things that, you know, again, kind of tied into the, into, into the route and the planning. Mm -hmm. So you killed the headline there. Well, how was the pizza? Was was Bob off his rocker? I mean, I don't think of pizza when I think sure. of Colorado. <laughs> well, you should because every single town, that's all they seem to like. There was yeah. more pizza places there. I mean, even in like Silverton, I think we ate at like the biggest place on the strip there was like a, a pizza place. That was there Besides yeah. the funnel cake shop, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it was ideal time for street food too during all that. Yeah. But that's the one thing nice about using a I mean, using maps are okay, but one thing nice about using something like Guy or some of the others is that you can share the GPX files with the group, and everybody's operating off the same plan. Even if you're not using Gaia, you pick whatever one, but as long as they, if they'll take the, the GPX file, which seems to be the more common, everybody yeah. is, is driving off the same directions. And yeah. along those lines, Larry, you know, when we would meet up in the mornings and everything else, it wasn't like the the route that uh, Bill had planned out was like, okay, on Tuesday morning, we're going to leave at this point when we go down right. there. Basically, it was just, here are all the possible options in the area that you can go to. And then you'd kind of get up in the morning, and as the group got together, you kind of figure out what we want to do. I think there was, but there was one morning where, uh, I think it was Josh Downs, if you're familiar with him on the Discord channel as well. I think he had to go get a uh, brake booster or something. It's, oh, I think yeah. his brake, brake booster actually failed going down Stony Pass or something like that. And uh, so he, he had to do that, but he was able to meet up with us later and kind of just pick. So you didn't have to – it wasn't like one big route where if you weren't right up with us, you're going to be totally lost. It was right. later. Yeah. Like, well, you know, 
if they're running this one, then kind of the map will probably be in this area around this time. Yeah, that's one thing that I, I did. I kind of threw in multiple options like for camping and, you know, just in case the day went long and you needed, you know, a place to, to stop or you ran into problems, you know, you know, vehicle breakdown or recovery, something like that. You just kind of pre-populate that thing with as many options as possible so that if you do need to, you know, change course, you have options there that are already documented. You're not trying to figure it out in the middle of nowhere with no cell phone service. Mm-hmm. But the thing it's, it sounds to me is that it gave you the the ability to be flexible, but still have some sort of direction, some sort of information, and not just uh, winging it. And well, uh, but it, but, but it wasn't anything that it it boxed you into you having to do a certain thing. It just gave you the flexibility to, to be informed about your decision. Exactly. Yep. That's right. Anybody else? Do we have any wing it, winging it here? I, I'm sure we do. You're not going to get uh, beat up or not uh, beat up by much. Yeah, every now and then it's fun just to point the Jeep in a direction and go also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes planning is good, but sometimes it takes a little bit of fun. Sometimes it's just getting out and just going out and seeing what you can find. But Oh, yeah. That's you know, we did in Turkey Bay, Larry. Remember the... the- Bar trail, we just we so found one. We went at it. I honestly have a couple paper maps. I know some people might not know. Oh, those are great backups. I mean, if you're a pilot, you know you definitely have paper maps with you. But some of them actually show trails that aren't marked anymore. That kind of the DNR has forgotten about. <clears throat> that pretty, pretty nice, pretty secretive. Has some pretty cool obstacles, but. Nobody really knows about them. They're off the main trails that have been designated and marked. Hopefully, they're not closed trails, and uh, you're not right. And there's there's the there's a rub with any kind of map or software. I know, like down in Ozarks, especially that you know, if you're down in that area, you know, the national forest maps are always changing. Always make sure you've got the latest and greatest, so you're not trespassing and not realizing it. I wonder if that's how the guy with the Jeep got on the bike trail that we reported on several shows back. <laughs> oh, uh, in California, yeah. I think down the Ozarks or even anywhere really down south of rural areas, you end up trespassing, you can end up shot if you're not careful. So. Or worse, or worse, your Jeep could get shot. Well, I was I was in Colorado. It's this park. I got to this top area, and there was a gate there that says, you know, no vehicles past this point, and the sign was full of shotgun holes. That was a real good indication to turn around for me. I, I think that was ups- people upset with the sign. But I, either way, it was it was good enough uh, emphasis behind the do not go past this point, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our next question. Uh, Jeep pets, what do you do to ensure their safety riding on the trail? Of course, Larry, I have to mention Duke. I love Duke. Duke is great. I like seeing Duke better than I like seeing you. No offense. I think you understand. Uh, for, I'm used to it. Trust me. But <laughs> I get that everywhere. But, but I would think that in your safety, you have to have snacks for Duke because Duke's a big boy. Uh, he's eating. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, the biggest thing for him is just making sure. So so he's tethered in at all times. When he's in the Jeep, he's tethered in. And, you know, sometimes I'll carry two tethers. So if we're on a trail, it shortens up that tether quite a bit because you got 120 pounds of lab coming your way. You don't want to be the backstop. 
<laughs> but, but it's better than him leaving the Jeep, though. I mean, you'd gladly be yeah. by the backstop uh, if that comes along. So, But, yeah, but, but so, that's important. Know, Does he have yeah, a problem got, wearing the tether, or is he, has he gotten used to it? So the big thing is uh, don't tether him around the neck, right? So Oh, yeah. You, you don't want that to become a hangman's noose no. either. So you, you buy him a nice vest that will support the weight, and you, and you clip him in. And he can get around there enough. He would always like more, but... He's gotten yeah. used to it. We, we've been on the road enough times. It just it drives me nuts when I see people in there and they clip them around the neck and, you know, one good stop and, you know, that's no good. Mm-mm. So no. I've got uh, I've got the opposite problem with my Jeep dog is Larry. He's so <laughs> small that every little bump tends to throw him around. And uh, we've actually got, it's like a car seat box that the seat belt and everything attaches to the seat and he's got a harness that it attaches inside the box basically the same thing but for quite smaller dogs absolutely you should strap him to the hood he'd get a good view of the trail and uh, you can keep keep an eye on him (laughs) he would absolutely love that i know (laughs) me smelling all the smells i love the smells yeah Like when people put those stuffed animals on the grill or something. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like I thought of that question because I think we are at Hot Springs. I think Duke had a little too much slack, if I recall, Larry. When you say he was getting up into your oh yeah oh yeah your business yeah we were coming down one of the trails and it was uh quite if I remember it was one of the steeper trails and he kept trying to push forward. Oh, it was on Rubicon Ridge. Yeah. When I was trying to come out of the mud pit and all the bumping and thumping, and yeah, he had the longer lead on, and I he kept hitting my arms. I was trying to shift. I think you kept saying, "I got a hold on, I got a lag crawling up my ass." Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Like, on the radio or whatever. <laughs> Dukes, uh, you know, when you were coming down that one little muddy half pipe or whatever it was, sliding sideways, he's like, "This ain't right." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was trying to let you know. He was trying to say, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, so, one of us needed to know that. It's too bad it was him. <laughs> My sure. dog won't go anywhere near the trail. Like, I've had him out there before. And maybe it's just finding the right harness, but he has the typical harness that goes around his chest and everything else that goes into the seatbelt and all that good stuff. But he, uh, he gets so scared when it starts bouncing around that he just tries to like bury himself into the seat, like yeah. as, get as much in the middle as he can. And I kind of feel like I'm torturing him more than you know. He likes when you stop and you get out to go around and everything else. That part he's fine with, but on the trails, it's, it just kind of feels like I'm more torturing. So I normally don't. Is, is he taking cues from Dad? Basically, yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, no, I don't. I don't want to torture the guy just to take him out there so i normally leave him at home duke duke looks at it from i'm going from one snack station to the other <laughs> sorry i'm get to the snack <laughs> and mine is like i can leave an open box of bones or snacks or something right next to his food bowl and unless i've taken it out and put it in his food bowl he won't touch it he's and got he manners yeah it's just he's he's very very specifically, he only, I guess you say it's very beta, right? He's very, you have to give it to him or tell him it's okay to have it or whatever before he does it. It doesn't sound like an Australian Shepherd. Yeah, well, he's, uh, 
he's a well, he's an Australian shepherd with several mental conditions, I think. So my dad's Australian shepherd will ride around on the lawnmower and four wheeler and all sorts of stuff with him. It doesn't leave his side. I think uh, he might have if I'd have had him introduced to that more when he was younger. Um, but trying to, I mean, he's 10 years old now and trying to get in into the swing of that. He loves riding around with you. Like, if we're not on a trail, if we're just out riding around, like, he sticks his whole head out the window if he wants to, kind of thing, especially if the doors are off and everything else. He can just kind of sit there. Absolutely loves it. And it's just, he doesn't like the trails. Doesn't like bouncing around. Yeah, bouncing around can be uh, a little uh, a little irritating. I guess it it works about better if if you understand what uh, what's going on. And uh, I guess it's one of the things dogs really don't understand. Like what the what the hell did I sign up for here? Yeah, there's just exactly. so much there's just so much I'll do for food, home, and snacks. Yeah, I've noticed that over the over the last couple of years, Duke gets more and more nervous when we're out on the trails. You can tell he's uh, he gets more fidgety back there on the trail now than he ever used to. Interesting. So more, more difficult trails in the last couple of years. Yeah, this, that's part of it. Yeah. It's like, is this one going to be on the side of a mountain, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> actually, he was a. Uh, he was a. Uh, it was funny when we got to Colorado. I actually picked my tent spot because I saw Larry setting up right next to it, and I was so worried about the bears. I figured Duke would give us a heads up. But then at night we kind of broke from the campfire and I was walking back over there and I was coming up close to the tent and Duke sounded like he was about to tear me apart. Like, I mean, he was, he was growling pretty hard. Weren't you downwind from the porta potty or something? What's that? Weren't you downwind from the porta potty? (laughs) That was the second night. That was the second night. (laughs) We were all kind of growling about that. Yeah, we were all upset about that. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't have the inside scoop. Oh, no. you, didn't, you didn't want to scoop. No. <laughs> just had the poop. That's why everybody was racing so hard to get to, get to the, the end of that road. <laughs> One of the good games, but yeah. And and if you guys don't know, uh, several of the the Jeep Talk Show listeners have uh, planned events uh, on the uh, the Discord server, the Jeep Talk Show Discord server, uh, and uh, like even here in the the Zoom meeting. Sometimes the ideas will come up in the Zoom meeting for for an event or making an announcement that several of the Jeep talk show listeners are going out. And uh, I know, uh, John, uh, Bill, Larry, uh, Steve-O has uh, turned several down. Uh, oh, Jesus. Who- <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> we, even call it, we even call it getting Steve-O now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steve-O says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then says, oh, something came up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've never said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll be there. You can count on me. (laughs) You can let me know. Hey, Discord's been up for (laughs) six months. (laughs) Yeah. I I wish I had known. So, uh, haven't haven't given Steve Steve a hard time about that in a long time. Uh, Next week, we'll uh, give him a hard time about uh, Walmart clothing. But uh, until then, uh, you can look forward to that. Actually, Steve went on. Uh, you were on one uh, one uh, run, Larry. You went uh, went with Steve, didn't you, on that uh, that run as well? Yeah, yeah we've been a couple times. Larry's met me out in the Badlands in Indiana and then in Kentucky. 
wheeled a chip a couple times as well. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you can make it. I know it's a long ways for you, Steve, but hopefully one of these days you can make it down for uh, a Jeep Talk Show event here in Texas. Um, I, not 2023. Um, I'm actually going to be sailing with the scouts on Lake Michigan that weekend. So, unfortunately, first oh, weekend. We, we have a, we have a weekend. You said it, you said it was the <laughs> first weekend in June. He's, oh, he's, yeah. planning, he's planning his exit strategy now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys it's told me. We're going to be the first weekend in June. So let's do the second weekend in June. Yeah, actually, let's, let's find out when Steve's available, and we'll make it a whole thing, and then see. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. It's the fifth week in June. <laughs> yeah, okay. Get your gas money ready. <laughs> so one 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 week we'll do the 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 roundtable questions. Then they'll all be best Steve excuses I'm, for not I'm, going right on now, trips. During the recording, I'm telling you, I'm leaving June 9th through the 17th for sailing. So I'm telling you right now, and then any weekend before and after, I'm not going to have the vacation time to take it off right away. <laughs> All right, so, so let me uh, let me uh, move on to uh, our uh, our final question, and then I'll turn it over to you guys if we if we have time for anything you'd like to ask. Um, so I'm hoping I'm not the only person that didn't know this. <laughs> I think I think uh, it was during a conversation, uh, a late night conversation uh, after the show on uh, on Zoom meeting with uh, with Greg Henderson. Don't quote me on this, but I think that's what it was. Um, I did not know what the W in, for example, 10W30 stands for. D- does anybody here know what the, the W in 10W30 stands for? And don't look it up. Be a man. <laughs> and admit. I have no idea. Isn't it wait? I thought it was wait. It's, it's winter. Yes. It's water. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad sign if it's water. It's winter. What? I've always heard of it as wait. It's winter. 30 weight oil, 20 weight oil. Yeah. Hmm. Oh well, this is another thing, is it? Is it wait or is it winter? I mean, I it's, I heard that it was winter. winter. Now we're looking it up. Yeah. No. Yep. Now that's right. good. Somebody actually admitted to, to being the same as me, not knowing what the hell it meant. <laughs> I never really cared. I guess I don't. Know. But, but I mean, you see it. I, I mean, said WD forty. You know, that's what I went to. It's weight. Yeah. It's the weight of your base weight of your oil. 90 yeah. weight gear oil, 10 weight, anything Google like that. says it stands for winter. It doesn't yeah. stand for winter, Bob. No, it's for weight. And, it's, oh, and the winter it? part has to do with the viscosity, the 5W, the 10W, 0W is thickness. Oh, hold on. And then hold the on. second number will go with your... <laughs> hold on. This is more controversial than I thought it would be. <laughs> now, this is from the Castrol website. So, this it's ain't... winter. It's winter. Yeah, Castrol site does say winter. Hey, Bob, <laughs> see yourself out. Sorry, I, I got to be wrong once in a while. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, that was. That if you were right, we would have called you Tony Paul Greeno. Basically, saying uh, this is its cold temperature thickness. Like this is the viscosity in the cold temperatures. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I took it to understand when it said winter. It must be. This is what the viscosity weight is. Whenever it's cold outside, I, I, I guess it's better than C, <laughs> 10, C 10 C 30. Hmm. Yeah. Well, what did they consider cold? That's, that, that, that's very much true because, I mean, in what winter are we talking about? Are we talking about Southeast Texas winter? What was it uh, today, John? 80 degrees outside? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Right below that, it also <laughs> says for uh, England and Ireland. Someone's crunching pretty hard on something. <laughs> It's Bob. Bob's crunching. <laughs> you can on, see. On you can see. Yeah, come on. Oh, oh beaver nuggets. Beaver oh, nuggets. I even made my own container. I see that. Wonders. One bag of beaver nuggets fills a Costco plastic chocolate covered almond container. Man, I was hoping Sam's Club was selling beaver nuggets by the ton. <laughs> I like the stuff with Bucky's when I pass in Texas. Oh, absolutely. And and that's something that uh, I, I think is one of the fun things for me is whenever I just, just talk about something and you guys have no idea because you don't have a Bucky's or you don't have a Whataburger or you don't have one of these places around and then you find out about it. I mean, the Bucky's Beaver Nuggets was huge. I mean, uh, not this uh, this past uh, Jeep Talk Show event, but the year prior, I think I brought a bunch of Beaver Nuggets out there so people could try them that were from out of state and they were just blown away. Uh, and then, of course, we found the secret to the best beaver nugget is leaving right. them on the dash in the hot sun, and they get all kind of ooey and gooey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a bag of French toast. <laughs> I find it more enjoyable when Tony says, hey, anybody ever heard of Red Robin or Bass Pro Shop? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. There's, there's just places here that uh, that we have a lot of, and uh, I'm just really surprised that you guys don't have it up there. Uh, but, you know. Gotta ask. You guys have McDonald's? <laughs> yeah, because you're going to headquarters is in Illinois. I think so. You guys have drive drive through uh, gun stores? Drive through <laughs> liquor stores. No, it's yeah. it depends on what side. Left and right. It's guns yeah, on yeah. one side, <laughs> liquor on the other. <laughs> no, nah, we don't have the Brewsters here. <laughs> Did you know Casperol makes a magnetic engine oil? That's gonna be convenient. <laughs> That's not going to be very good in the Jeep Magneto, though, is it? Yeah, I think it's what they call uh, um, high mileage oil, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just looked up the scale of what oil you're supposed to use. I have been using this all wrong my entire life because it's like I should be using zero W in everything. According to this chart, it doesn't. That just the zero viscosity. That I mean that is the measure of viscosity, right? That does a lot yes. of new vehicles. That makes so, me nervous. That's what, that's what the three sixes are using. Yeah. Is it now? Okay, that's yeah. what the JL three sixes are using. Yeah. That's not what that's, the JK three sixes use. That's what the Renegade took too. I haven't done. I'm about to do my first oil change tomorrow. Oh, that's a this one, JK. This one, I can tell you why newer vehicles. Use zero W twenty. The engines have much tighter tolerances. Mm -hmm. That's what I've heard. So the thinner will go in, will will get into those spaces uh, where a thicker viscosity at the beginning would not. So is the uh, is the oil is the the tolerances is that more in the head area or is that really around the bearings? Your entire engine. Yeah. And if you want to test this. Take an old engine and run a low weight synthetic through it and watch it look like Swiss cheese. Uh, uh, so that's my, but that's my point, right? The three six in my JK takes five W twenty. That's what it says in my manual. So the three six in the JL takes zero weight. What all did they change, right? Because I, I always thought it was just a small head change, a computer change. But I mean, if you're talking about no, engine zero W twenty is what it takes. I think right, Larry. Yeah, I think zero okay. W twenty. So this this part, 
I am not wrong on. The first number is the viscosity when cold at a set temperature. And the second number is the viscosity at its um, operating temperature. So your zero is only on startup, zero and five. The 20 is what it operates at when it's in the engine. Right, that's I mean, so it's difference. The difference between my main question is like, I never knew that there was that significant of a difference between the JK and the JL three point six. Yeah, oh, so was my my understanding no, is that the three six Pentastar was totally redone for the JL. It's right while they're, yeah. while they're both while they're both a three six Pentastar, they are different engines, right? It's right. probably well, just different components. That. Yeah themselves different manufacturers for different components and so well, but, but that's why i was asking about whether that viscosity stuff mattered at just the heads or the whole engine because i knew that they had redone some some head work from the jl version of the 36 but I, I didn't know what else they had done i thought everything else was pretty much the same but and the jl i think takes less oil right <laughs> i think it's five quarts on the jl and I think on the JK, it's what, like six, seven? It's just under six if you fill it to the right spot on the, the dipstick. It's just like five and three quarters, five and a half, something like that. But. One of the reasons I never took it to the dealer, because you hear horror stories of them, you know, putting too much oil in the, in the JL. Yeah, it took forever for me to get them to get it through their head on my XJ of all vehicles that it takes five quarts. I thought the XJ just changed themselves. They do. It, it's just, it is cycle. You just cycle it. It's just, it's, it just goes in the top. In. Goes in the top, comes it, out the bottom. Well, I've never had it. I've never had to do the the exhaust, but uh, yeah, around the oil pan and stuff, and certainly uh, the rear main seal. Yeah, it uh, it, it kind of takes care of itself. Oil is always fresh on the XJ. It may not be there, but it uh, as long as you keep the the drip going, the IV drip going. Yeah, around, those. Are, those are back in the days when I actually had to check the oil. <laughs> no, when I was behind, last time we were, not last time, but we were at him Paul's time before last thing it was, and uh, Patches was out there in front of me. And I remember that thing was just belching, just white smoke out the exhaust pipe the whole day, killing mosquitoes. But then it stopped. Oh, like we're yeah. coming off the TRO, and there's no more smoke. And I'm like, hey, should we check the oil? <laughs> Uh -oh. <laughs> oh, uh by the way, how's he coming? I haven't seen any updates in Discord unless I just missed it because he was putting another engine in uh, patches, right? Yeah, I think he. Uh, so he's got the. I think he put a five three in there. Yeah. So he got that done. He got all the exhaust work done, and I think he did a bunch of brake work while he was in there. Um, I think the last thing he was had left to do was was having a custom drive shaft. Right, that makes sense. So yeah. Then he started playing with a 3D printer and knows what <laughs> I hope that was not my fault. <laughs> you can get lost with one of those things. Oh, it's 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 just the amazing concept of uh, making your own stuff uh, and so frustrating whenever uh, it doesn't uh, come out the way you want it to come out. All right. Well, as you guys can tell, the uh, the Zoom meeting continues even after uh, we stop recording the show. Uh, to be part of the Zoom meeting uh, and get part of the after show, you should join us uh, every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Uh, we uh, we record between 8 p.m. Central and uh, 9 p.m. Central, uh, and uh, you can be part of the Zoom meeting and just 
hang in there as long as you want. I mean, I think on the last uh, Zoom meeting, uh, it was, uh, I was I was talking to uh, Travis and uh, uh, Greg Henderson, and uh, he, <laughs> I think Greg says, holy crap, is it almost 2 o'clock? And, of course, it was an hour earlier here, so it was almost 1 o'clock. So that's a long Zoom meeting. But, you know, when you're talking and having fun, you guys know how it is, like, especially when you go out, uh, go out wheeling, uh, go to events and stuff. It's just fun talking to people, and that's kind of what you get here uh, in the, the Zoom meeting. So I'll remind you, uh, we have four episodes a week, and uh, we do that every week. I know some people say, oh, my God, how, how do you do that? And it's just, well, we have, we have a lot of stuff that we can uh, share with you guys. And one of the things that we can share with you guys are interviews. And uh, we do an interview every week. Every Friday uh, is an interview. And uh, this week, it's going to be David McBee. Uh, this is the second interview that we're doing with David. And if you don't recall, uh, David wrote a book that's available uh, on Amazon. It's called DJ's Off-Road Adventures. Uh, I believe he's got a total of three books. It's great books for kids that you would like to uh, indoctrinate <laughs> into the off-road world. I mean, uh, I shouldn't say indoctrinate because it's like uh, it, making it uh, something that is normal for them, something because it, it's a great hobby to be in. Not everybody's going to enjoy it, of course, but, uh, you know, kids love that sort of thing, especially when they're kids. And uh, what a great gift if you're a grandparent uh, or a parent, and what a great gift to give uh, your kid uh, that they'll always be able to go and have fun and go off-road and have that uh, that that touch with nature. So uh, check out. You can uh, look for DJ's Off-Road Adventure on Amazon, and of course, you can listen to the interview, episode 745, uh, David McBee, uh, Friday, January 13th. And uh, David, uh, great interview, and uh, he's got several Jeeps of his own, including a CJ. So uh, he's, he's, he's deep into the, uh, the, the Jeep sickness, which, which we, we really appreciate. All right, well, till next week. And, uh, oh, and we're going to be having some, uh, some guests on the, the roundtable soon. We've uh, done a few, uh, a few guests. I think one of the most memorable ones for me was having uh, Tom Zielinski with Four Fest Events and uh, Jim Morrison of Jeep on a, a, a roundtable question and answer. So basically we have a guest or two and uh, we do a, a mini interview and then turn it over to you, uh, the Zoom people uh, that are, are patiently waiting to ask questions of our guest. And uh, you can talk to no telling who. I mean, uh, I know s- several people that were able to talk to uh, Tom and Jim Morrison that night were, were very excited to uh, be be part of that and uh, you just and then of course this kind of leads back to the newsletter thing you got to sign up for that newsletter so you'll know what's going on and when to make time uh your best bet and this is completely 100 uh good for for us <laughs> your best bet is just to make damn sure you show up to every zoom meeting that way you're not going to miss something uh and of course if you do miss it you can always listen to the roundtable uh, recording uh, the very next day on Wednesday. So uh, make sure you catch those episodes and uh, try not to feel bad if it was like a really good, uh, a really good show and you missed it. Yeah, yeah. The best thing to do is just be there. Come to, come to each one of them. So next week, you guys have a, a great night. And uh, remember, all four episodes a week, you don't want to miss anything. Broadcasting since 2010.